Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast. August 22nd edition. We are done with SummerSlam, done with NXT, done with UFC 202, Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor, all that good stuff. We had the follow-up Raw from Brooklyn, a wild crowd that usually follows, well, at least followed last year. East.com, go there. It's almost football season. Check us out. Great sponsors, great sponsors of ours. Greatly appreciate them. Also, go to our podcast page, open up any podcast, click that on it link. Check it out. They've got great supplements, uh, great apparel, great, great equipment, all kinds of stuff. If you want to buy a kettlebell that looks like a gorilla that will chew your eyeballs up, on it's the place for you guys. I am joined by Jeff Hawkins. Now, I'll say this. Mm-hmm. Last week's raw post-Raw podcast was our most viewed ever. Uh, about like 28,000 views, something like that. Listens, all that good stuff. We've already passed the 100,000 mark for the month, which is what we did last month. In our first month, mind you. Do you think, Jeff, that your Shake Them Ropes co-host is trying to Conor McGregor me by not being here tonight, thinking he can miss the press conferences and still do the big shows when he wants to? Well, well, first of all, I want I want to be certain that wasn't the second half of SummerSlam tonight. We're we're still not going on. <laughs> it's just no. Rob's on oh. the Rob's on the road for work, so uh, dealing with hotel Wi-Fi can be uh, iffy at best. So uh, I'm the substitute tonight, kids. And if you're smart off, that's a paddling. <laughs> there is so much stuff to talk about, Jeff. Oh, you have there. no idea. This week I could do a. This week is I could do a full hour not on Raw. And, and you know what? That's probably more what we're going to do is talk about what wasn't on Raw than what Sean, was on Raw. Sean, this week is going to be busy for you. I'm going to say oh, that oh, now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. Okay. Um, I've already have to please make themselves available on Wednesday. And You got some rumblings going on. Yeah, you sure do. And I'm not talking about the guy that knocked out Glover Teixeira in 13 right. seconds Saturday night. Jesus. Uh, yeah, I thought that after – it's funny because my boss, Jimmy Van, messaged me this morning, and he's like, I bet you're thrilled that this week is over or this weekend's <laughs> over. And I was like, oh. In my mind, I'm like, I know it's just getting started. And today was today was the first set of stuff. The, yeah. Some unforeseen stuff at that. Mm-hmm. So, and not, not to mention the stuff that I can't go into right now. It's going to come out. It's going to – Oh, yeah. Jesus, guys. Gird, um, gird your loins, kids. That's all we're going to say. We have to kind of blue ball you on it because it's not official yet, but uh, gird your loins. <laughs> That's the last thing I need is to get sued. Um, so I don't know if we should cover Raw first. Or let's let's talk about the stuff that happened before Raw. Sasha Banks okay. dropped the title. Sasha Banks dropped the title last night. You know There were mm-hmm. speculations of wellness violations, injuries. If she wasn't injured before, she's injured now because Charlotte dropped her across the top rope and onto her head. That That's not fun. She was pulled from the next 32 days worth of events, which it's it's really like the next month of events because I don't think they have events for those other two days before. Mm-hmm. That number led to people speculating regarding wellness violations. She will be back on the uh, – supposed to be back in the on the live events before the next Raw pay-per-view. What does this tell you, uh, Jeff? I am under the assumption that it is an injury and not a wellness violation. 
That is what I am under the assumption of. I think it's dumb to have taken the belt off of her too. I think they should have used this as making Charlotte a vicious, vicious person. Leave the belt there. And if she needs to forfeit it because of this injury or what have you, then you can do that. But I think it was too soon in a burgeoning division to take the belt off of Sasha here. That That's my opinion. I, I hope it's not a wellness violation. It very well could be, but I don't think it is. From what I've heard from different sources of mine, it, the, this injury story is a legit one. And But she's not going to need surgery for it. So that's a good, that's good news. I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna move the Jericho Lesnar thing till after we talk about Finn Balor because I know some people are still kind of joining in. By the okay. way, share the page, share the page, the podcast if you all would. Uh, let people know that we're here. Our numbers have been very, very good. I'll say that much. Before we've even started marketing, we we're, we're doing pretty good numbers. I'm proud of them, considering that this was largely a thing that we. These people just contacted me and they said, "Hey, would you like to be managing editor?" And I was like, "Yeah." And I put together a team. And we got Vince Russo, and we got Showdown Joe, and we got the guys from Shake Them Ropes, and we got a, a great crew of writers, which I'm very happy with. I appreciate you all joining. I appreciate you all signing up at Fightful.com. Absolutely free. Get you early access to podcasts, columns from Russo. He writes for us three times a week from Showdown Joe, exclusive interviews, all kinds of fun stuff. Forum access, which they're about to be updated again. Lots of cool stuff there. I want to thank you all very much for for sharing the page and everything like that. It means a lot. But uh, yeah, also subscribe to our YouTube. Thumbs up the video if you all wouldn't mind. Finn Balor, the the rumbling started today. Yeah, and unexpected rumblings. Not even the the, the expected rumblings happened today. You hear Finn Balor's, and it's almost like we got it in real time. It was amazing how quickly the, the Finn Balor information was coming out because he didn't know that he was that messed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there was speculation that he was hurt going out of, of last night's show. His shoulder's messed up. He tore his labrum. He is out, they say, six months. Now, when the WWE has a guy that's going to be out for a while around this time of the year, they like to add on some time. And what they do is they like to add on some time so he can show up at the Royal Rumble and make a surprise appearance. The first thing we have to question is, will Finn Balor be at the Royal Rumble? If he is, he's winning it. Yeah. Could you imagine that? A a a 178-pound man the size of Roman Reigns' leg uh, winning the Royal Rumble over these big, strong wrestlers? Could you imagine such? Unless he's put in the title – title shot at rumble but if he's in the actual rumble and he's ready i think he wins it also we have to start wondering is seth rollins a dangerous worker <laughs> let's, let's look back at his, yeah let's look back at his last six months in the mm-hmm. ring because yeah. it's a long time. july 2015 he busts john cena's nose breaks yeah. john cena's nose breaks the face that runs the place. Did he use that? If not, he should have. I think he might have. Okay. Then he practically ends Sting's career. Sting has taken responsibility for that, says he didn't tuck his uh, chin on the buckle bomb. That was in what? September? Yes. Something of that nature. Or no. He comes back. No, go ahead. It was Night of Champions, but yeah. Then he's been back in the ring for a couple of months. He He hurts Finn Balor and... I don't think that buckle bomb's all that great anyway. I used to think it was a great setup for the curb stomp when you need a guy to bounce, rebound out, and go face first. I don't think he needs it that much anymore. I'm of the assumption that the Sting and Ballard things, freak accidents. The John Cena thing was absolute recklessness. There was no reason for that. What do you think? I won't say recklessness. Um, I, I'm, I'm of the opinion that this is partly Vince McMahon not reading how this new style, this new aerial style style can wear down guys doing this four or five nights a week all around the world where you're expected to do flips and power bombs and things of that nature. You know, my, my fear, I think, I think Seth needs to slow down a little bit from time to time. I think that's part of the reason why these injuries are happening, but freak accidents. Yes, but they're accumulated accidents. I wouldn't call them freakish necessarily. 
Um, my fear is, of course, because Vince has what he likes on the roster in terms of big guys. That's what he likes, that he's going to view these guys like Sami Zayn and Finn Balor as not durable, and even Sasha Banks to that, to that nature. Yeah, I, I, I do agree with you uh, with that. And, you know, Finn Balor's never blown me away in the ring. I've never hesitated to say that. I don't like him that much. I, for all of the, the criticisms that a John Cena or a Roman Reigns gets from certain people, certain dumb people, I'll say, <laughs> Finn Balor doesn't get that type of criticism, and I think he is far more redundant in the ring than either of them have ever been in their singles I right. I, underst- I understand that criticism. Um, I'm a little bit more forgiving of his in-ring work. Um, for me, tonight for Finn Balor, that was his best promo since he's been signed. Absolutely. I agree. And, and that's what he's been lacking in his character for a long, long time, is any sort of real connection with an audience, any sort of real conversation with an audience. And tonight he delivered, and tonight he had championship heft which is what he was missing in his NXT run. Yeah. I'm cool with him being like a 178-pound Superman. Alex Pawlowski said it pretty well because, you know, there are a lot of people that say uh, that say that he should be the demon all the time. And no. Alex kind of pointed out, and he was like, well, no, kids see him as a superhero who is himself, and then he can turn it on and become that superhero when he needs to be. That really changed my mind on that. Plus, it's very hard to put that paint on all the time. Yeah. Uh, it's a Jekyll Hyde well, thing. I, it's a Jekyll Hyde thing, and he should bring it out for special occasions when he's really mad and do that as a as a kind of a fake-out thing. It's mental warfare on the opponent. My fear has always been on the main roster was that Vince was going to make him a literal demon king. <laughs> let, let's talk about the real highlight of this week, the real biggest fight of the summer. It, it wasn't Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz, as much as I love that fight, and it's one of my favorite fights ever now. Okay. And you all will get plenty of writing. I, I had a feature up on uh, today, by the way. I don't always get to do these features. I'm usually slammed with news, but go check it out on our main page, Fightful.com. Conor McGregor holds all the cards. Good stuff. One on Olympic prospects and MMA and pro wrestling that will go up tomorrow. Brock Lesnar versus Chris Jericho hmm. backstage. Uh, Ryan sat in a pro wrestling sheet has revealed some more information regarding this. So here, here's how it went down. You guys given the, the, the crazy ending of last night's SummerSlam, Chris Jericho was worried and being a locker room leader that he is, he was all too happy to meet triple H Vince McMahon and or Brock Lesnar at gorilla position following this following watching a man get his head split open by an elbow. He uh, met them backstage, was like, what the hell's up with this? Demanded answers uh, about the Lesnar-Orton situation, thinking that Lesnar went into business for himself. Lesnar showed up, told him to mind his own business. Jericho got pissed off, continued to demand answers, and Lesnar pushed him. Rushed Brock Lesnar, a former UFC heavyweight champion who fought uh, about six weeks ago in the UFC, defeating their top a top 10 fighter. Lesnar responded by kissing Chris Jericho on the forehead before saying, quote, kiss me back, pussy. Mm. Jericho got in his face again. There's no word on if the favor was returned regarding smooches. Lesnar held his arms behind his back and said, hit me or kiss me, bitch. And things got broken up. Uh, It said that it was heated enough that Vince McMahon got involved and told Chris Jericho what he was uh, still thinking was a shoot, was actually a work. Uh, This is from Ryan Satin at Pro Wrestling Sheet, mind you. Chris Jericho has some balls. Good for him. I completely advocate what he did. Uh, In my opinion, somebody needed to tell him immediately. If he didn't have answers, somebody should have given him answers as soon as he asked for them. Whether it be Lesnar, whether it be Triple H, whether it be Vince McMahon, you do not work the boys. That is in bad taste. Uh, I don't know that that's what WWE is trying to do here. I just don't think that they expected a Chris Jericho to do this. Uh, Jeff, your thoughts? Your audio, your audio is a little messed up. It's very low right now. So I'll try to handle this for at least a little bit. 
Chris Jericho is a crazy man. He has rushed Goldberg. He has rushed Brock Lesnar. You know, it's not that cra- – he's one of the few that didn't challenge Conor McGregor, of all people. One of the few that didn't say, hey, this guy is so small, I could kick his ass. No. He's the one that – he just pretended like Conor McGregor's uh, – and his was real. But he was more than willing to have a physical confrontation with Brock Lesnar. Jeff, are you with us? Still nothing. Still nothing. Uh, change your output, exit out, something of that nature. And I, I guess you all just got to talk to me for a little bit. Brock Lesnar clearly does not care about who he pisses off, what he does. I, I for one, I've, I've been an apologist of Brock Lesnar's for years. He is in his own stratosphere as, as far as mainstream appeal. There are really no very few equals, if any. But hearing what we've heard about the, the Dean Ambrose thing, saying that you know he had to fight creatively to get stuff to happen, and it didn't happen, that's, that's not okay. Not for the amount of money that he's being paid. He's being paid to do a job, and now he's not doing it. We don't see anything new from Brock Lesnar matches. Him busting the living shit out of Randy Orton was the closest that we got to something new from him in a long time. Let's see if we got Jeff back. Horrible. Yes. Your microphone is extremely low. Uh, I'll ask the the people in the chat if they can hear you, but I absolutely uh, cannot hear you. Connect your mic, that kind of stuff. So Brock Lesnar, all, all too happy to also start a confrontation with Chris Jericho. I think the way in which Brock Lesnar reacted, given – well, we don't know how exactly Chris Jericho acted either. Chris Jericho could have been more confrontational than it seems, but he wanted answers. Would it have been that hard of Brock Lesnar to say, just, you know, it's a work, man. It's good. We're all good here. It would not have been that hard. And given that situation, I think you got to do that. If you're Brock Lesnar, you have to do that. You have to let people know. Uh, you have to ease, ease some of the tension in the room. But, you know, he's Brock Lesnar, and he doesn't really like to do that. We'll check in on Jeff again shortly. I'm working on it. How am I sounding? Oh, there we go. We're good now. Okay. Let me let me know your thoughts about this situation. We don't have your video that well, but no, I uh, unplugged who, my camera for a bit. But uh, well, we don't we don't want to look at you. Tell me okay, your thoughts good. on Jericho and Lesnar. Uh, Michael Hayes is the guy to blame here, from what I've heard. Um, he could have given a simple up or down, yes or no, and and he refused to, and that's what started to escalate the situation. Um, look, I th- I don't think it was necessarily a shoot or that anybody thought it was one of those because if you remember Brock Lesnar did this spot with John Cena a few years ago to open him up with the elbows and Mm -hmm. and and to open him up I think Jericho was under the impression he was taking liberties with Randy Orton's approval for doing this and got a little bit sloppy with him and wanted to know what was going on and I think out of that, he felt he had to stand up because, look, Brock's a guy who doesn't care what you think. And if you're going to let him run roughshod and be a bit of a bully, I, I still think he's a professional. Don't get me wrong. I'm not disrespecting Brock at all here. I just think Jericho stood up as a veteran presence in the locker room and, and wanted some answers, wanted to be able to reassure others in the locker room. And, of course, you know, Brock's gonna not take to that necessarily well. Um, I'm kind of shocked that Vince tried to break it up, but I thought Triple H handled it well from what I've read. He stood up for Jericho and said he was in the right here, and, and Brock started the fight. I think this is all on Michael Hayes, and Michael Hayes just needed to answer the question and as opposed to keeping the mystery around. And as you said, working working the boys, much like Kevin Sullivan and Bischoff used to do back in the day. Yeah, I hate that. I hate that stuff. Plug up your camera. See if that works. Um, I hate the idea of working your talent. I think it's in very bad taste. I don't like it. Uh, we're going to find out much more. Brock Lesnar, Chris Jericho. No Brock Lesnar on tonight's Raw. Nowhere to be found. But uh, nevertheless, Raw did happen. It did exist. 
we spent 20 minutes not talking about Raw, so I guess we probably should talk about it a little bit. Jeff, I still don't have a visual on you, but... No, I'm trying to turn on. I may have to log back in and out just because I unplugged both and switched my USB. Uh, we'll things. have it that, and then I will... Uh, I you will Stall for me. I apologize, everybody. I will kick off the Raw show. See, we had technical issues with Rob McCarron. That's why Jeff is on the show. <laughs> That's why Jeff is here. But oh well. We start off, Finn Balor hits the ring uh, in a sling. He's vacating the WWE Universal Championship. It's funny because there was a lot of backlash about the title, and there was a lot of backlash about people complaining about the title. Either way you go, sure. I do have a visual on you, Jeff. Can I hear you? Can you hear me? Hot damn, you're back. Thank you. There was a lot of backlash about this title last night, and there was a lot of backlash about people giving backlash about the title. Mm -hmm. Personally, I don't give a shit. Let people complain. The belt looks like they melted Eva Marie's head and bedazzled it. It's a hideous friggin' belt. It really is. It's it's ugly. You know what it looks like? It looks like the women's belt with with a red leather with red leather. My my fiance said, you know what? If it were, if it were just Finn Balor's custom belt as the Demon Belt or Kane's belt, yeah. sure, why not? Yeah. But it doesn't it doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. As as we mentioned earlier, we don't talk that talk that much about the promo. Uh, this was his best promo. We we already covered that though. Yes, Seth Rollins came out, took credit for it, all that good stuff. We got a plethora of guys: Chris Jericho, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Enzo and Cass, Roman Reigns. And, of course, we got qualifying matches that set up uh, well qualifiers for next week's show. Uh, the announcement of next week's show got huge boos. But we do know that next week we get a championship bout that's something to build to. What did you think about the decision to decide the championship this way? Dumb. <laughs> um, I get why they think that, though. They think there's some sort of drama in this, but there's really not. Um my, you know what? My biggest issue with this is the use of Sami Zayn and Neville. If you're going to have them in the cruiserweight division, because it doesn't give me hope that they're not going to end up using cruiserweights to just put over the big guys while keeping cruiserweights in their own division. I thought that was a mistake. You know what? You don't need eight guys. You can limit it to the top four and just have two matches and have those two fight in a singles match. Because the fatal, I know why they did it. Don't get me wrong. They want to put Cass in this match as an audition. I don't think they're giving him the belt, but they want to put him in an audition. Well, can he handle the spotlight when they give it to him? And the other three guys are going to be fine. But really, we're we're just we're, we're putting around decorations to hide the fact that we're we're getting Rollins and Reigns again, pretty much. We can pretty much say the same for almost all of these qualifying matches. They were mm-hmm. all solid matches. All of them. Yeah. yeah. Kevin Owens versus Neville. But, Kevin Owens won. But there was no drama. Uh, my, my point is there was no drama to any of them, really. There was and, no doubt. And there was no, there was no uh, you know, for this crowd, a shock factor like a Samoa Joe being in that tournament, which would have really gotten this crowd amped that they were going to see something big tonight. It, just, it was just kind of uh, there. Yeah, I agree. Kevin Owens versus Neville, good match. Mm-hmm. Kevin Owens won. Seth Rollins versus Sami Zayn, good, good match. match. Seth Rollins won. Yeah, Rusev versus Big Cass. This was two guys. You knew what was going to happen. But, yeah, and I'll, I'll mention this as well, or I'll talk about this in a minute, but it was it was good for what it was. And then you had Jericho versus Roman Reigns, which I thought was outstanding. Mm-hmm. thought it was incredible. Um Roman Reigns won. We knew all those results were going to happen. All of them were good matches. It all followed the same formula, so there's really nothing we can say one way or another. Something they're very good at with Big Cass is hiding his weaknesses. They hide his weaknesses really well. And it's funny because I saw a comment the other day that said, Eva Marie is getting this super push that she doesn't deserve. And I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on a second. She lost to Bailey and Asuka in NXT, both people she should have lost to. Mm-hmm. Uh, both people that actually their stock went up a little bit by beating Eva, Eva Marie because Eva Marie is so hated. Eva Marie not only has not beaten anybody on the main roster yet, she hasn't wrestled. Uh, she hasn't wrestled and she hasn't talked because those are her weaknesses. What WWE is doing is hiding her weaknesses as they should. That's, I think that people, the fact that people think that that is 
a super push is a pretty big condemnation of WWE's booking because they should be hiding everybody's weaknesses. Agreed. Everybody. But not just one person. Everybody's. That's how you make that's how you make Sandman a star in ECW. That's how you make people want to see 911 or 911. Uh, he goes out there, he choke slams people, he leaves. You hide negatives, and they, they do that very well with big casts, I think. They do in one-on-one situations, and they do, they're very smart to have Enzo be a mouthpiece for him because they know that Enzo brings the heat and the crowd loves him. Big Cass's problem is in multi-man ma- and multi-team matches, and he's now in a four-way where he's not he's going to need to have his timing down, and they're not going to be able to hide those weaknesses necessarily. But I think eventually he gets taken out before the finish on the outside. He has still not been pinned, and was he even pinned in NXT? Uh, yeah, I believe so. I mean, like on on television, I'll have to go back and look, but yeah, I think so. Main roster, he has not been, but th- that was the main, your your main thing of the show. And I did like that it was something that happened throughout the show. It had stakes, but we knew the results of all these before they happened. Um, mm-hmm. What else? Is, oh, the New Day. They come out. They they celebrate their 365 days. Gallows and Anderson come out. They call everything stupid. It sets up Big E versus Carl Anderson. This was a meaningless match. What you got here? Anything? Yeah, I do. Because uh, I was ready to write off Anderson and Gallows after this showdown. Because they they have finally found what Vince likes about them, and that's their comedy. And I'm just like, oh, God, they need to be killers right now. But they rectified themselves in that Dudley segment. I was not expecting that at all. And that was a strong, strong move by the WWE here to help build them back up. Because, look. Carl Anderson's very good, but he also, you know what? He can dabble in the comedy, you know, that, that stuff he was doing with Maria during, during his new Japan run where he was, he was mesmerized by the woman. That's I would watch a full season of ride along just with them. Yes. Yes. Just them all 12 episodes. Just give it to Carl Anderson and doc gallows. And I'm happy, but this testicle stuff needs to die and they need to be killers. Hey, Hey, wait a second. What? Is that a, is that a a shot at test? He's already dead. Wow! No, how dare you, Jeff Hall? But I'll but I'll take that hit. Um, <laughs> no, I I, th- I think I think you need the tough guy credibility in this division, especially if the New Day is going to be bringing all the funny, and especially if you're going to add in Jericho and and Owens into this mix. Eventually, you're going to have three funny guy teams, and and you don't want that. You want guys who are tired. Of, look, I play trombone. I've blown one in someone's face. I got punched for it. You don't Gross. do that crap. <laughs> look, as a band, Listen, you- <laughs> dude. Hey, hey look, now. I didn't bring the. Tr- hey, I may bring the trombone on here, so so be careful. Um. <laughs> oh God! I, I saw I saw I saw your comments about trombones, and I was very very upset about this, uh, Sean. But no, that's that they what, need what, they what needed that. What comments? Oh, you were like saying like uh, something about the trombone's a terrible instrument or something like that. I, I, just, I wasn't on the fightful account. I wasn't on the fightful account tonight. <laughs> I, I wasn't. Your, Mike, Mike Straw. I think this is your personal Mike account. Mike Straw was on the fight. Okay. Well, oh, no, I don't think I did. Anyways, I do hate. I do hate jazz music, though. I hate jazz music. Oh, I hate ska, but jazz is great. Look, okay, the the big. <laughs> What? When did I like ska? Ska is terrible. Uh, but the real I don't like ska. The real point from this is that they did well beating up the Dudleys here. So I'm happy about that, and it's a step in the right direction. Hopefully, well, we'll talk about that momentarily. Yeah. Let's talk about this shit-tastic promo from Titus O'Neil. <sighs> Leaving him out here this long had to be a rib. This was terrible. He came full circle from if you're gonna make it a win, make it a win from NXT days. This was horrible. Not only that, Bob Backlund came out. I don't even care what Titus said. He trashed Darren Young, if you, if you must know. He trashed Darren Young, said that them losing the tag titles was the best day of his life because he's been so successful since then. Bob Backlund comes out, doesn't do his own finish right. He incorrectly applies the cross-faced chicken wing and gets body slammed. Darren Young comes out, gets clashed with the Titus. This was friggin' horrible. This is the promo that should have started this feud a long time ago. 
if it was done well. Titus O'Neil is an actor who can't remember lines because they don't write in his voice or her or his cadence. So the problem is he's trying to remember these lines and then he's trying to add emotion to them and he's failing and he's fumbling over himself as opposed to just speaking in his own voice and his own cadence, which is what they should have done. They should have looked at him and go, the happiest day of your life was when you broke up with Darren. Go out there and say that. But because this is a case in, in Hollywood, this happens all the time where writers fall in love with their words and you need to say the script exactly like it is because the writer's going to get upset if you don't. So he goes out there and he's trying to remember his lines and he can't. So he's saying the opposite of what he should be saying for the most part. And he's tripping over himself and the segment and repeating himself. He's repeating repeating himself to get the line back so he can say it properly. And this crowd is just killing him for it. It was, it, it's an absolute tone deaf move here. Yeah, this was bad. <laughs> this was horrible. Yeah. This is terrible. This. It's, it's, let me, right, let me just say it. No, it's the right idea at the wrong time. And it was, it was, and was not properly carried out. So they let Damian Sandow, Cody Rhodes, Ryback, and who else? Uh, Wade Barrett walk out the door. Titus O'Neil is better for public relations. He's the father of the year. He's a large African-American gentleman who has personality. He's also one of the talents that is the most, the the least desirable to work with on the roster from those that I've spoken with. I I wouldn't doubt that. He he tossed out a few concussions in his day. Um, And that's coming from straight from people who trained with him, who wrestled with him. He's, He's known for that, or at least was known for that. But those four guys are guys that could have done something with this roster split. Meanwhile, also, Alberto Del Rio, just way down the tubes, which may may have been his own doing based mm-hmm. on who you believe. Either way, we went on to a much better segment. Charlotte gloating in the ring with Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke tries to start a you deserved it chant or deserved uh, chant for Charlotte. I loved that's, it. That's fantastic. I loved it. Uh, Charlotte, I thought she cut a pretty good promo as well, saying nobody was on her level. There's nobody left. And is she wrong right now? Paige is suspended. Uh, Sasha's hurt. Was, was she wrong? She's not wrong, but 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 and she her presence has gotten better, but she has kind of a similar issue as Titus. She can remember the words. She just can't remember the emotion. So she'll put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable when she's going through her promos. Um, it's very true which is which is fascinating to me but she's improved so that's a good thing and let's talk about this segment now because i'm 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 stoked to talk about it me too me too um mick foley comes out and says that they have signed the hottest free agent of the new era much to the dismay of everyone heath slater did not show up (laughs) i'm gonna bring this up really quickly how many Slater chants were there this weekend? Every uh, oh, I would I'd say the count. You mean overall the whole weekend? Mm-hmm. Six or six or seven at least. There were three on this show that I can remember. Not on the Evolve Friday show. Not on the Evolve Saturday show. Not on NXT. Not on SummerSlam. Not on Monday Night Raw. You get we want Slater chants for maybe mm-hmm. the first time ever. You got a guy over on TV. You mm-hmm. got him over. You did it then you don't give the fans what they want. Super so, weird. Yeah. Uh, Bailey debuted. Bailey debuted. It was awesome. Bailey bid her goodbyes on, on Saturday night. It was beautiful. It was a really great match. Mm-hmm. I think this was the right place to debut Bailey because people know who she is here, and it makes her look like a star. The crowd didn't go as crazy as I would have liked. But um, I said this on Twitter. I miss when fans didn't sit on their hands, but I also miss when fans – we're given a reason to not sit on their hands. Yes. Uh, I am going to disagree slightly here. I, I, this is Bailey is here because of the situation, which is, really? Sasha, which is Sasha being out. I look, anybody who's listened to shake them ropes for our entire run knows I was very early on the Sasha and Bailey train. The horsewomen are the thing that kept me interested in the current product a lot. So I have been very, very high on all these women. 
Do you do drugs on the air? <laughs> I'm, I'm not that guy. Uh, but I think she's on the wrong roster. I think the story to tell would be on the SmackDown roster where they can build her as the underdog. Putting her on Raw now for the hardcore fans who know Bailey gives the expectation instantly that she has to be put in the main event with Charlotte and with Sasha Banks, and they're going to knock her down a peg. And I don't know, much like Dolph Ziggler, that the crowd's going to stick with her through this because the main roster doesn't do this kind of story well. You can build her up over on SmackDown as being bullied and making her way up through the Nikki Bellas and the Natties of the world and then trade her over to Raw and then she has the star Heth. I think the person to bring in for this program for Clash of Champions just as a short-term program before Sasha comes back full-time so that you can then tell this entire over-arc of Bailey coming back and hopefully winning the title and going against her old friend Sasha, I think Asuka having a short run here would have been the call because you can then beat Asuka on the main roster saying she's not as good as the women's champ. Take her down. She still has that heft. You can build up Ember Moon in the meantime. And, and you can keep Bailey as the underdog because you have to tell the underdog story for the people to get behind her like they did in NXT. That's not going to be able to happen on Raw. But I think I think Bailey was coming up anyway, man. No, I, I no, was... I thought she was coming up. I just thought she should be on SmackDown as opposed to Raw. But there's a chance that this might work. There's a chance that once I think she's going to get beat by Charlotte and then go against Nia Jax. And I think that's going to be the story they tell while she's dealing with Charlotte, while Sasha and Charlotte rematch. And then they switch dance partners in that Bailey and Sasha or Bailey and Charlotte go up against each other while Nia and Sasha fight. Um, I liked, I liked the pairing with Foley quite a lot. I thought that's a perfect match right there where they do the cheap pop spot. That was perfect and adorable. I thought, I mean, Mick, Mick Foley, Mick Foley shot himself into a work with his diva loving, didn't he? Uh, oh yeah. And so did I. I mean, for a long time. I love Bailey. I hope she makes a million dollars because she is a million dollar character and a million dollar property. I mean, there's no denying it. I've said this on several shows. It's not a surprise when I see kids cry when a wrestler like hugs them, but it is surprising when you see their parents cry. I cried at at both of Bailey's big wins. I cried when Sasha won the title. The women, both the women's title and the NXT yeah. title. I have cried when these women have had their big moments. I've, I am man enough to You're say that. You're about to cry right now. Oh, I'm, I, I, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm in control for once. But I was very happy for the debut. But I get emotional over these two. And, they, and I got invested in these two and Becky Lynch. Still Charlotte. But Charlotte, Charlotte has a much lower bar. Not a lower bar, but she has an easier road than these other three. So... But very happy that now all the horse women are up, and I need one horse women beat down before I die. That's all I need. I can't believe that they they screwed SmackDown so bad on these on the 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 split of the women. Like, and Alicia Fox isn't going to be a top name on SmackDown, but they could really an Alexa Bliss or a Carmella could really use working with an Alicia Fox over on SmackDown. Uh, Paige, you're not going to do anything with her on Raw. Why is she not on SmackDown? Well, because they put Del Rio there and they had to do what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Summer Rae, I'm not a big fan of. So, yeah, well, uh, sure, I think she's incredibly overrated. But I think you, I think she's better than people give her credit for. I do. I, I think she's – I think. well, I'll say I think she's overrated by those who are super fans. And I'm, not, I'm not a super fan, but I think she's better than most average fans give her credit. But you look at the, the Raw – Female roster. You have Bailey, who is a star. You have yes. Charlotte, who is a star. You have Sasha, who is a star. You have Dana Brooke, who is associated with a star. You have Paige, who used to be a star, could be one again. You have Nia Jax, who is undefeated and portrayed as a big thing. Yes. Over on SmackDown, you have Natalia, who's been beaten and beaten and beaten. Becky Lynch, who's being beaten repeatedly right now. Right. Eva Marie, who cannot wrestle. Uh, Naomi, who they're trying with. They're, they're doing something different with her. Okay. There's a ce- there's, but there's a ceiling for people that are not the, the quote-unquote type. So that's sure. you know me. Sure. Uh, Nikki Bella, who is not going to be there full-time, but is back. That's good. They needed her real bad. Alexa Bliss, I think, could be really good. But you, you never know what situation they're going to give her. You mm-hmm. never know if if they're going to make her AJ Lee or if they're going to make her Summer Rae. You don't know right. what they're going to do with any of these girls at any given time. 
I think SmackDown really, really needed that, and Bailey has proven she can have a pretty decent match with Eva Marie. She can hold Eva Marie's hand through that situation. She was working with Nikki Bell in the Performance Center when Nikki came back to rehab before she made her debut here. So, I mean, I agree with that, but but th- this is the this is the danger of having two belts. And they're going to put a second belt on the SmackDown women. I think, you know, they don't have the depth here. And it's going to show, and, but Nikki's going to be the champ. So it'll be, ha- give it credibility somewhat. Bailey beat uh, Dana Brooke. Good quick match. Yes. Like that. Uh, Roman hit, Reigns. It, it, hit the, it hit the spots. It taught the people who, had, who, who were casual fans who don't know NXT what they did. This is the perfect crowd to debut her in from, much like the after WrestleMania crowd is the perfect crowd to debut Enzo and Cass. And she'll learn on the live mm-hmm. event loops which of her spots work, which of it doesn't, which, which of mm-hmm. them doesn't. She can adjust accordingly. Tonight she didn't know. Um, but we're, we're on to the real highlight of tonight's show. <laughs> oh, Johnny Knockout. Oh, Jesus. So he's the latest Braun Strowman jobber. And I have to apologize, guys. I didn't follow up with James Ellsworth to get that interview. I didn't follow up with Corey Hollis. Didn't follow up with the other fellow. Johnny Knockout I may have to get a hold of. this. Well, I don't know. He may want to get a hold of a lot of people. He wanted to get a hold of Braun Strowman, apparently. I need to know if this is his line or Vince's line. And I need to know I hope now. it's his line. I hope it's his line. They did the customary pre-Braun Strowman interview, and he <laughs> was asked. <laughs> Here's the line from Alexander. <laughs> oh, I'm losing my shit. <laughs> Here's the line from Alexander Pawlowski, who you can catch on the, the Fightful podcast on uh, post-pay-per-view show. <laughs> Seriously, Johnny Knockout? He says he likes big, sweaty men. That seemed unscripted. Then followed with Strowman blunt force murders him. So. Why are you taking this fight? Because I like big, So Stephanie McMahon's like, here's your LGBT character. See ya. Yeah. Here you go, guys. Here you go. This was the best thing on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> I loved this. I loved everything about it because we talk a lot about wrestling being predictable. I sure as hell didn't predict that. And after that, after that, I was pulling for the guy. I, I was hoping he would pull the upset. I was actually but, insulted at first because I, I took it as a uh, you know as Vince not. Vince living in his bubble and not realizing how homophobic that would come off. But if he, if he, if he went on his own and did this line, then it's on him. Uh, Braun Strowman's garbage. Let's face it. <laughs> just- no, 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 no. This match, this quick match was garbage. I will say that finish, the, the lifting cutter or whatever it's called. Yeah. He did that very well. Uh, yeah, no, he's, he's learning. He, just, better- he needs training still. Way better than Sienna does it in TNA. Yeah. Way better. Like, not even close. This is a way better finish for him, too. The things that he practices a lot, I've noted how when he bumps over the top rope to the outside, I know that he was practicing doing that so he could get eliminated from the Royal Rumble earlier this year. He practiced Mm -hmm. it many times. As it turns out, he kicks a lot of ass at doing that. He's really good at it. I'm guessing he practiced this move a lot. So, um, If you put him in a match with Titus O'Neil, who hurts the other first? I think Strowman would would probably because I don't know that Titus could really affect him that much because okay th- there are a lot of people in the WWE that I'm <laughs> that I'm like yeah a smaller man would kick his ass I just think that you might break your hand on Braun Strowman that's true you might break your hand on him he's that that massive like I saw him at the Arnold in Columbus and I stood next to him and like just being around him you feel like the aura of how physically huge they are. It was, it was scary. I wish he had more of a, I wish he had more of a mean face in that friendly cherub thing that he has going on. Oh, if he shaved, he would look like a 12 year old, a giant 12 year old (laughs) Dudley boys, retirement speech. They came out, they, they spoke about how they're going to go out on their own terms for 20 years. This was not a swerve for them. They didn't turn heel or anything, but the shining stars came out. So that sucked. Um, 
Mm. Dudley boys beat him up, of course. Went to go put them through the table, but Gallows and Anderson interrupted. I, I don't think a lot of people are going to care about this next week. I really don't because these are two teams that, as far as in the ring, are very comparable. They're very similar. The styles are very, very similar. I don't see this holding the interest for a long time, but given Raw's situation right now, you got to do it, and I think it's a good thing for Carl Anderson and a good thing for Gallows. Probably a good thing for the Dudley boys too, Jeff. You didn't see that as a swan song that they're out? you think they're – going to stay around and, and have that last match because I was more shocked that Bubba that they didn't pull the trigger on the one of them's leaving and Bubba staying as a single star um you know I, I don't know if there's a match here that's going to be had I, I thought that would might have been just the goodbye they said their speech it was very heartfelt but I don't think they, they may not follow up on this at all and you know the legacy for the Dudleys is I think they're a good team. Don't get me wrong, but to me it was they're always kind of that. For me, they're that kind of modern reimagining of what they did with the sheep herders when they came to the WWE and became the bushwhackers. Yeah. I'll remember them as the great brawlers that they were, not necessarily the sports entertainers they were. Although in TLC matches they were money, but the one of the greatest tag. No, 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 no. But one of the greatest all teams of all time. Uh, they're 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 top twenty, but I, I'd most say they're decorated. over half. Most, yeah, the, most yes. decorated, sure. Yes, yes. Um, if that's what you're basing it off of, but which I mean, you can. But by that by that notion, Eric Young is the greatest TNA wrestler of all time because he held the TNA World Championship, TV Legends, Global King of the Mountain, all incarnations of it. By the way, X Division title, Tag Team title, Knockouts Tag Team title. He held everything. That doesn't make him the greatest a TNA wrestler of all time. Uh, maybe he can come over to NXT and win some belts. Yeah, maybe he's going to. I think so. <laughs> yeah. Send in some questions, guys, on the uh, Fightful.com podcast page. We'll answer a couple because we're, we're pretty much pretty much at the end of Raw here. We've already covered the the tournament, the mini tournament, or the qualifying matches, rather. Not a lot of surprises there. I guess we're just supposed to forget that Rusev and Roman Reigns don't like each other. Let me let me ask you something. Uh, uh, two questions here, both on Rusev and the four way. Are they doing an because we don't talk Raw, we talk SmackDown. Are they doing an angle here where Lana is lo- Lana is losing faith in her man because he's not manly and not winning? Is that the is that the angle they're pushing here? She shot him like one of those looks. Yeah, like as he ran away. Like how dare you run away? Mm-hmm. How dare you? And uh, who's your winner next week? Who's holding the belt at the end of the night? Probably Rollins. I think so. I think I think they see the money and the chase and the rehabbing of Roman for the big oh. moment, and it ain't going to work. But I think they, that's what they see. I would love to see. You got to, at some point, you just got to embrace it. Roman Reigns, I think, would make them a lot more money as a heel than he would as a babyface. And eventually, you know, maybe people get behind him. I, your best chance at him being a babyface is him – Having a run as a heel, it's just it, they won't pull the trigger on it. They mm-hmm. won't pull the trigger on it. Somebody says, "Was Lesnar busting Orton open a work or a shoot?" It was meant to happen that way. Mm-hmm. I'll say no, that. but no, the, the elbows pretty- were the elbows were legit elbows. Yes, they. It was probably sold to Orton as, "Hey, I did the same thing with Cena. I mm-hmm. took care of him." Is Joe legitimately injured or time off until promotion? Um, I don't know. They there were worries that his jaw was injured. Uh, I I remember reading what he said was he his jaw was dislocated. They put back in place. He's just a little sore. That's Samoa Joe. Hey, my my jaw came unset, so let me just put it back in, and I'll be back to work. I was expecting him in this tournament. It would have been good. Mm-hmm. They could have used him. He's a guy that would instantly just add to either roster. That NXT show, that whole thing was great. I loved it. Somebody says, shave Braun Strowman and give him the beaver cleavage gimmick. Uh, oh, man. He's already close to Eugene. So. What do you think of the, UFC 202 this weekend? Who did you have in the main event? I had, I had Diaz. You're um, dumb. You're I dumb. know that. No, but, I mean, I told, I told you this before we went on the air. I, I, I was the one who scored. I was one of the people, and you, you explained it well. I gave that round two by an edge to Nate Diaz. Now, I'm not dumb because you said – 
the, the, the people. No, hold on. You said the people who are dumb are the people crying robbery. I am not crying robbery at all. I think What's the it? decision was the decision, and you could have you could have given it a draw, and you could have seen it for either guy. I thought, but Jeff, um, with all due respect, with all due respect, and I can say whatever I want because I'm saying with all due respect before, and you're fucking wrong. I okay, you're fine, fine. I, I'll I'll no, I'll no, be wrong. I, I do you think? It was an incredibly close fight, an incredibly great fight. I think the people screaming robbery are ridiculous. Yes. What I think is ridiculous even more are the people who say that Conor McGregor was running the whole fight. Conor McGregor was looking to reset his position. Yes, he was circling outside of the cage or to, to get his back near where, where he couldn't be taken down. That's what he was also, doing. Also, if you've ever watched the Diaz fight, up against the cage, that's that's their sweet spot. They mm-hmm. love it. Uh, Nate Diaz was working him. If you're uh, turning your back the way that Conor McGregor did is ill-advised, but it has no bearing on scoring. None whatsoever. The footsteps that you take in the cage very soon will have nearly no bearing. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if you're sitting down. It doesn't matter if you're taking a nap. It doesn't matter if you're sprinting forward full on. Effective striking, effective grappling, that's 98% of the scoring. Um uh, the uh, ABC cleared that up as much in their last meeting. Yeah. 1% to uh, cage control or uh, that stuff. As, as John McCarthy put it, if you're talking about uh, – con- you're, if you're factoring in footwork into your scoring, then you're basically judging a dance, and Paige Van Zandt is never losing a fight because she's the best dancer the UFC has ever had. So I, I that is that was so weird to me, which you know, and I love Nate Diaz, but that's kind of how his his blind supporters are. They'll 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 make up any reason. Could you imagine if Conor McGregor had made up or said that he was hurt before he went into the 196 fight, the way that Nate Diaz did? Could you imagine the backlash he would have gotten? Oh yeah, because people were looking for a reason to ding Connor, anyways. Because he's only been fighting guys with short camps, or you know the the Aldo fight they call the fluke. So yeah, now they're looking to. I mean, they were they're they're looking for any reason to tear him down. Um, as far as the rest of the card, the, the Rumble Johnson, everybody was surprised by that. Not me. I, I've no, never thought either. I've never thought that highly of Glover Teixeira in the UFC before the beforehand. Yes, he was great. The the one thing that shocked me was how easy Donald Cerrone had it against uh, Rick Story. I thought that was man. Donald Cerrone looks great at one seventy. Let me tell you something. Donald Cerrone is the best fighter you get in that octagon up until he has a moment where he where it's a big moment and then he just wilts. I said, my dream is like they bring back the UFC Super Fight Championship, and a guy like Donald Cerrone has it. And he can defend it wherever the hell he wants. If he wants to defend it against a 155er, he can. If he wants to do it at a 160 catch weight or 170, he can. If he wants you know to do what? it at 170. He's the UFC television champion. Yeah. That's what he is. I would love that. Just a floating weight championship that can go to – and it just kind of moves and moves and moves and moves. I think that would be incredibly fun, uh, something really, really cool. Uh, Dana White says they're not doing a third uh, McGregor-Diaz fight now. All this is up on Fightful.com. We have tons of updates every day. If you all haven't already, bookmark the page, uh, sign up, absolutely free. Get access to our forums, podcasts, everything of that nature. Now, it looks like Cody Garbrandt's going to be facing Dominic Cruz. I'm excited for that. Mm. Um, Dominic Cruz versus Alpha Male. (laughs) Yeah, probably. But it it continues. Rumble Johnson looks like he's going to fight Cormier next. That's good. Uh, yeah. I have an article up actually now about all the options that Conor McGregor has, as well as a video of him channeling his inner Vince McMahon, which is kind of fun. Donald Cerrone wants to fight Eddie Alvarez, but Dana White wants him to stay at welterweight. Eddie Alvarez revealed today on in an interview with Luke Thomas that a, about a week after his UFC title win, they tried to get him to fight Khabib Nurmagomedov on like five weeks' notice which is unbelievable. And he was like, that's just not me. That's not what I want. He wants to fight in November. But I want that fight. I definitely want that fight. I want Khabib in a title fight, please, now. But might, might be Connor. Connor wants that. From what I, And John Kavanaugh, his coach, doesn't – well, Connor said no more 170. Right call. Right call mm-hmm. there. Yes. 
they they did state that McGregor's last cut to 145 was his easiest. He has anything to prove there. And if I'm Conor McGregor, you have that option. You that can absolutely be said that you have nothing to prove there anymore. Let's look up and down these rankings here. Champion Jose Aldo, you knocked him out in 13 seconds, 14 seconds, however however long it is. Number two, Frankie Edgar, he just lost. He had his shot at getting a big fight with Conor McGregor. It didn't happen. Max Holloway, Conor McGregor beat him with a torn ACL. Yeah. Uh, Ricardo Lamas is at number four. Uh. <laughs> I give Ricardo Lamas maybe, maybe, maybe 35 seconds against Conor McGregor before he gets knocked out. Cub Swanson, that could be probably really bad for Cub Swanson. <laughs> Cub Swanson's um, going to want to stand and bang, and it'd be over in two minutes. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, sure. I understand what Conor McGregor's saying. And then he always lays claim to that. If he ever, ever, like, lost two fights in a row, he can say, you know what? Title, I want to fight so-and-so, and they'll probably let it happen. Yeah. Now, for the featherweight division, boy, that's a bummer because you've got a real paper champion. As I told Showdown Joe, remember when the Bantamweight division operated for three years without Dominic Cruz and it was all a mirage? It was all fake? It was all a lie? It was all an attempt to get Faber over and it never happened. And it was it was just all an illusion. Mm-hmm. The 135-pound title might as well have not even existed in that time because it was just... Dominic Cruz sitting around like Shao Kahn waiting, waiting to, to kill the next successor. It, yeah. So Conor McGregor has a lot of options. Then at 155, you know, he can fight Donald Cerrone. He can fight Eddie Alvarez. He can, he can fight Eddie Alvarez, win the title, then fight Nate Diaz for the title again. Whew. Lots of options. Lots of options, Jeff. Definitely. Uh let me ask you something because I don't think this was asked on your recap show um, last night. Sure. Your, I'll even include UFC, but I assume it'll probably – I mean, you can also quantify your answer. Your favorite match of the weekend? Well, that's easily McGregor-Diaz, but if you don't include that – Yeah, let's go with that then. Uh if you don't include that, it's it's really hard. I'd have to say Cena Styles. That was unbelievable, but Jesus, that Tommaso Ciampa, yes, Johnny Gargano versus Revival the, match. That is the correct answer, sir. The correct answer that was awesome. is Revival versus Ciampa and Gargano. My God. Everything from the beginning to the, the tease when you thought that Ciampa might toss him into the guardrail. Yeah. It was incredible. It was fantastic. Yeah. When, I loved when, it. When they do that third one where he sits in the Indian style and then they turn him, it's going to be magnificent. Yeah. They should back off on it for a while just to, just to leave that lingering. I, but everything – I'm an old-school tag team wrestling guy from the 80s, you know, the, the Jim Crockett time, Midnight Express, all yeah. that stuff. That hit all my sweet spots right there. Oh, that was great. Re- Revival's awesome. Yes. A uh, little, little issue with WWE here billing the Revival as a combined 240 or 440-something pounds. And Ciampa and Gargano is like 380-something. I was like... They got to keep the gimmick. They got to keep the cruiserweight gimmick of the weight because they're they're actually weighing them. Well, I mean, the Revival are not that big. They're not that big. No. Um, They're not 220 apiece. Fantastic match that was. Unbelievable. Uh, Jeff, before we go, tell these people about Shake Damn Ropes. Well, we do a weekly review of WWE. We just came out Sunday with our after show about NXT TakeOver. If you want to hear Rob and I break down every match. And we also did our top 100 match uh, of Mick Foley versus Randy Orton from Backlash 2004 on that show. Because we didn't get a chance to do it for our reviews or our previews for SummerSlam and NXT. Don't know when we're recording this week because, of course, because Rob's not here right now, I don't know how the recording abilities are going to be for this week. But there will be audio sometime later this week, hopefully on Wednesday, from either Rob or myself, or perhaps both of us. That I can promise you, you can find us on iTunes, Shake Them Ropes. Please leave a review. It helps us greatly. We will be on iTunes soon, I am told. Very soon. uh, But for those of you who ask, we do have an RSS feed. Any podcast page on uh, Fightful.com, just go there. You can subscribe. Also, 
direct download and streaming audio. We have that. Jeff, we are back tomorrow night following SmackDown. I have Showdown Joe Wednesday, Vince Russo Thursday afternoon. Register for Fightful.com, absolutely free, no credit card required, anything of that nature. You'll get early access to all that good stuff. Guys, until tomorrow night, hopefully SmackDown gives us something momentous, something memorable. Maybe. Doubt it. I'm Brand split. Not doing too hot. But until next time, guys, we are out. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.